Hello and welcome to episode, I can't believe it, 32 of the Snack Break Podcast. I'm your host, John Schaefer, and on this podcast, I interview physical therapists, fitness professionals, and health and wellness experts. So I've been on a streak of solo episodes. I do plan on doing some more interviews in the future. It's a little bit challenging to, to coordinate schedules just with you know residency commitments, um, some of the training I'm doing, and there's just it requires a lot of time. But for these, in the meantime, for these episodes, what I really hope to do is start to provide some different mentorship lessons um, that I've learned throughout residency through some of the mentors that I've worked with, um, and things that I think have been really beneficial that I've learned that I don't necessarily know that I would have as quickly if it weren't for the program that I'm in. So I hope you can find a lot of value in these upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. But today we're going to be talking about this idea of pattern recognition. I feel like a lot of times uh, we hear that, you know, the experts, they're so good at pattern recognition. But what actually is pattern recognition? What does it mean? And how can you become good at it other than, you know, just time? So pattern recognition is really the idea that you're able to recognize something that stands out um, just because you've seen so many iterations of it. You've seen so many patients gone through so many exams that you start to recognize trends. You recognize patterns and different things stand out more quickly. So it's easier to come up with your differential diagnosis. It's easier to come up with your idea of what's going on. And then you can jump forward to figuring out how to fix this problem because you've, you've had so many reps, you've fixed it so many times before. Um, so really the idea of pattern recognition is just an accelerated ability to move through um, an exam and pick out what stands out as the primary offender or you know what's leading to this patient's impairment. So the easiest way to go about accelerating your pattern recognition is gonna be by developing systems. So developing systems can be a game changer in your progress as a clinician, and it's not necessarily easy to come to this conclusion by yourself. I mean, especially if you're a new grad or even a few years out, and you're still kind of struggling to figure out, you know, how am I going to practice? How do I go about treating each patient? So until you have specific systems, the way that you're going to approach each patient is trying to perform like very specific tests unique to each patient's case, which can be effective from time to time, but it's going to halt your ability to progress in your pattern recognition abilities because you don't really have anything to compare your findings to, even if you are doing these very specific tests, um, because your sequencing isn't the same every time. So what I want to talk about and propose today is that for each body region, you kind of write out what your exam flow is going to look like every single time regardless of what the patient um, might be presenting with. So I'll kind of go through an example here of what I usually do for the lower extremity. Um, And I'm going to talk just about like one part of it so you can get a little bit of an insight into, you know, what that looks like. So for patients who come in with lower extremity injuries, um, usually for all of them, I'll at least watch them walk. I'll watch them squat. I'll take a look at their balance. And then I'll do some kind of a functional test. That's the same every single time, regardless of if it's, of if it's a knee, an ankle, back, hip. Um, and the reason this is important is because when you see so many patients and you go through that process, then you can start to pick out, okay, you know, this is a little bit abnormal compared to the, 
you know, 50 or 100 people I've seen before going through this same process. And as you continue to do this more and more, you're going to just have more reference points to look back to and say, okay, this is not something I've seen before. Let's take a, let's take a closer look at this. Or it can be a case where, you know, maybe a couple months ago I was going through this same screen and someone presented very similar. Um, and then you can kind of recall things that you did with them that worked or things that you did with them that maybe didn't go so well. So building that memory bank of going through that process can be extremely, extremely helpful. So I'll talk a little bit more just like moving forward my lower extremity exam. Um, after I go through everything I want to see in standing, everything I want to see in the seated position, then we usually transition to the table exam. Uh, the table exam for me is always going to include checking the hips, so looking at like hip flexion, checking out internal rotation, external rotation, then going down to the knee, looking at knee flexion and extension, um, as well as applying overpressure in both directions and Throughout this entire process, you're just kind of talking to the patient, making small talk. Preface this uh, part of the movement screen by just saying, okay, I'm going to move your body in some different positions. Let me know, you know, if anything causes you pain, if anything's uncomfortable. And then, of course, you're watching the reaction as well. So after you go through the knee extension flexion with overpressure, I also take a look at the ankle. So doing like tailor curl and subtalar mobility. Um, just seeing how everything's moving, seeing if they have any complaints. And kind of like I said before, if you go through this process time and time again, you're able to feel so many different hips, feel all kinds of different knees, get very familiar with how the body should move for someone who's not having pain, and then also get a better idea of, you know, common impairments for people who are having like hip pain, like what limited hip flexion looks like or what a capsular pattern looks and feels like. So the more bodies you can feel, the more bodies you can go through this process, again, building up that bank of individuals who you've seen go through this move, these different movements. But this was an area that was a big struggle for me early on because, you know, what I initially wanted to do was think, okay, I got to be very, very specific with my special testing. I got to do, you know, I got to do this, this, and this to make sure I can rule out the exact pathology or exact tissue that's being affected. When really, I think a lot of times we, you know, have the tendency to overcomplicate things. Of course, like for example, for the lower extremity, I'll go through that exam every single time, but I'm not afraid to try and add on different things. So I'm I go through that sequence, and then say for instance, we're concerned that there might be a ligamentous issue, so I'll stop after I go through knee flexion extension, and then I'll do like a varus and valgus stress test at zero and thirty degrees. Um, maybe I'll do a Lockman's, maybe I'll do a posterior drawer, or posterior sag, something like that. So don't be afraid to like add in these additional pieces, um, but know that you've just got that base that you're starting with each time. And I know just a second ago, I kind of said, it's not always great or it's not always beneficial to be super, super specific with the tissue involved, but there's definitely a time and a place. So I'm still using, or I'm still trying to use like clinical prediction rules um, and how those come into play is, say for instance, if you're looking at potentially a meniscus injury, you're doing the table exam and all of a sudden you provide like overpressure with the knee in both flexion and extension. Both of those are bothering the patient. Then you can jump into some additional testing, looking for things like joint line tenderness, looking for things, um, 
like asking questions about popping, clicking, or locking, which you probably did during this objective. And then you could also pull out like a McMurray's test as well. So kind of knowing where to fit in these additional pieces on top of on top of the exam that you just do every single time, that's where you're going to find the greatest benefit. And that's kind of where you're going to start to develop more of that pattern recognition. But in order to get to that point, you need to have a system that you're following every single time to build up through those different reps. So that's, I mean, that's kind of my approach for the lower extremity. And then once you get up into the upper extremity and the neck, I mean, you can develop the same exact flow. It's definitely a work in progress. I don't feel like it's something I've necessarily perfected. Um, but having that framework in mind, I think is extremely beneficial knowing that, okay, if I have this type of patient, these are the exact same things I'm going to test they're the exact same things I'm going to test every single time. And then after I test those, I've got a little bit more flexibility. You can get a little bit more specific. Um, but this just gives you, this just get, I think can really accelerate your confidence as well, knowing that you're going to test um, what you're going to test going in with each patient. But this is really something that's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of practice. But action step I think you can do right now is just write out on a sheet of paper like lower extremity and think about things you're going to test in standing, what you want to test in the seated position, um, and what you might want to do for your table exam, whether that's similar to what I said or if you want to mix things up as well. But the more um, the more comfortable you can get with that writing it down um, and going through a couple reps, I think it's really going to speed things up for you. And then do the same thing with upper extremity too. So you probably see a lot of shoulders. Um, to kind of know what your shoulder exam is going to look like. Is it going to be range of motion? Are you going to screen the neck? Are you going to do like an aptly scratch test? Is that going to be important to you? Um, are you going to do like a impingement cluster, test for rotator cuff? Kind of think about what things are super important to you within each region. And I think that that's really going to help guide you through that process. But really, again, I've said this a couple times, the goal is to create a consistent and comprehensive process that's going to allow you to provide the best care for your patients as well as be the most efficient for you in kind of working through some of those clinical decisions that you're making. So you're looking at the same basic things each time, but can always add in new pieces that are specific to the patient in front of you. So just to kind of conclude, developing a system like this can really be a game changer when it comes to performing that new patient examination and working to develop on pattern recognition. Um, by following the same pattern each time, you can identify potential issues and injuries, which is just gonna lead to better care for your patients and um, can really speed up both the diagnosis as well as coming up with whatever kind of treatment you wanna do. So just remember, this is gonna take time, it's gonna take practice. So just try and continue to hone your skills, write things down, and this is really gonna help you become a more effective and then more confident physical therapist. Thanks for listening. This episode is a little bit shorter, but hopefully it is packed with a lot of good value for you and looking forward to seeing how you use this in clinic.